When I think of the comic books of my youth, Archie and Jughead, Asterix, Tintin, I'm very glad that we've come such a long way in terms of diversity of the form and in the form. And my kids are now reading Japanese manga and the usual superheroes and lots of indie coming-of-age stories. My eight-year-old was recently completely absorbed in a graphic novel about a girls' basketball team in the US in the 70s. He loved it. And older readers love them too. Graphic novels are less respected by the literary world, but that could be changing. They've been listed for some major prizes in recent years, including the Man Booker and the Stella here in Australia. Is that good or does it not even matter if those books are read and loved? Tom Taylor is with us today. He's written stories for some of Marvel and DC's biggest characters, for the Star Wars universe and for his own works, including a reimagining of the Peter Pan story in a book called Neverlanders. And that just won the Children's Book Council of Australia Book of the Year for Older Readers Award. It's the first time a graphic novel has taken out that prize. Tom, congratulations. Thank you so much. How does it feel? It's pretty amazing. It's... um. <laughs> Yeah, look, it's a wonderful thing. As a as a big fan of comic books my entire life and having grown up like everybody else in Australia, seeing that sticker on every book that's been in our in schools since nineteen forty six or something. That little having gold that, CBC. That, having that sticker, little yeah. gold sticker with that little person reading a book. And now that's on our book and that feels incredible. And what what kind of comics did you grow up with? Uh, the same thing you did. You know, I read I read Asterix and Tintin because that's what you could get in school libraries. Um, and they were I, cool adventures. They were very from cool adventures. Racial stereotypes. Sure, aside from a, a, a number of things that yep. haven't aged well, um, they, were, they were really good. Um, and, you know, I read things like 2000 AD that I could get from the news agents, really hideously violent things that I shouldn't have been reading at such a young age, but I still loved. And then I read a lot of DC superheroes and then got to grow up and write them. We read mad comics as kids, which oh, I'm yeah. pretty sure were not appropriate for us, but were just such a great window into what you could do with the form. I read a whole lot of Mad Magazine, yep. Yeah. So, Tom, tell us a little bit about this amazing story, Neverlanders, which I almost missed my own radio show reading (laughs) for research. It's a fantastic story. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, look, uh, Neverlanders tells the tale of the last lost boy coming to our world and taking a group of homeless kids to fight for the future of Neverland. All the lost boys are dead. There is a whole new group of lost ones. They've died fighting Um, and the pan has fallen and they have to basically stop a group of greedy, selfish, short-sighted adults from stealing the future. This is ringing a faint bell for me. Oh, it's it's not subtle. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. and I mean the 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 island that they live on is this beautiful, incredible, brightly coloured fantasy. You know, it's 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 in some ways a lot like every other kids book of, in whatever form, <laughs> isn't it? It's like the adults are missing and you're having a great time. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's a great adventure story, but then there's obviously there's a lot of Climate crisis and gun control and abandonment and, you know, lots of – and found family and lots of these things. Well, themes. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of you, – you've messed things up a little bit and now Definitely. we're going to do it better. <laughs> yeah, I've also messed things up a bit in this book, but I appreciate it as a Peter Pan sequel. Yeah. No, no, I meant, you know, <laughs> the adults have messed things up that's and, right. and we are going to take control. Yep. Well, what led you to that story, do you think? Has that been something that's been brewing for a while in your head? Yeah, look, I think it has been. And, and it was obviously brewing at the time. I was actually away with my wife on our anniversary. We were in Fiji. We we're on a tropical oh. island. We we're in, you know, in paradise. And I wasn't supposed to be working and I work constantly. <laughs> so I didn't Uh-oh. have my laptop with me. I didn't have anything. And then this idea started forming. And at about 3 a.m., I'd filled a few hotel notepads and I'd already messaged with patchy internet, an artist that I knew and loved, John Somariva, who I'd always wanted to work with and could tell straight away that this was perfect for him. And by the morning, he was sending me sketches of 
general Tinkerbell, the sweary fairy, and we're off. <laughs> the sweary fairy. Excellent. Well, it is such a collaborative form. I mean, h- how does it work generally? Do you kind of hand over this script to the artist and go, do what you will, go with my blessing, or is it a, a really step-by-step moment together? So the, the scripts is everything you see on the page should be in the script. So we need to describe every single aspect. You know, Superman is looking angst-ridden while looking at Batman, etc. Um, in every panel because an artist doesn't have time to make a million decisions. But Also, that's always how they look at each other. That's right, that's right. Um, actually, Superman will be smiling, Batman will be glum. Moody. Yep. <laughs> but it is, it's, it's a very collaborative medium, particularly on a book like this, which was created by John and myself. Like, we, we've had calls constantly, We're constantly going back and forth. He's sending me sketches. He's, he's come down to Melbourne and we've spent three days workshopping it on whiteboards just like I would with, you know, a writer's room and TV. Um, and that's, yeah, that's that's how we love it. And that's why, you know, I'd, I'd love to see a push. Obviously in comics, the illustrator is always on the cover with the with the writer. This is we are co-collaborators, and I'd love to see that shift in Australia on children's books, where so many children's books come out and they just have the writer, not the illustrator. We're talking picture books without the artist mentioned, which I find astounding. So wow. I'd love to see if anything. I'd love to see that change occur yeah. here too. There are a lot of names on the on the title page with yours, I noticed. Yeah. It takes a lot of people to make a <laughs> That's graphic right. novel. Yep. We have our inkers. We have our, well, actually John Inks himself, but we have our colorists. We have Wolfgang Bilsmer, a wonderful letterer. We have so many people involved. You know, it's a great team of people creating this book. We're speaking with Tom Taylor here on Life Matters today. His book, Neverlanders, their book, Neverlanders, with John Sommeriva and others, has just won the Children's Book Council of Australia Book of the Year for Older Readers. That little gold sticker, as we said, that you find on the cover of some really fantastic books. And that's just the first time that a graphic novel has taken out that prize. Do you think that kind of literary recognition matters, Tom, more broadly? Or is it just, is it relevant to what you do? Oh, look, I think it matters in that hopefully more parents, more schools, more educators, more libraries will take this on board. You know, obviously this is hugely widely read. The stuff I do in America, you know, I have a book called Deceased Out Today, uh, which is an undead book about DC superheroes where they've all been turned into zombies. Um, nice. The first issue of that sold 260,000 copies. It's, you know, it's, it's, these, these do big numbers with so many eyeballs on them. But as, you know, as, as we've talked about, a lot of people grew up with Tintin, they don't realise how far the medium has come and have an, a lot of people haven't embraced the medium and particularly for educators, I mean, for reluctant readers, this is a fantastic educational tool. This is brilliant. Like every comic, as you said, you, you, you mentioned the number of people you knew who've read these books and the age groups. And so, of course, a, a 15-year-old guy isn't going to be picking up a, a picture book of Spot. But there are picture books geared towards that 15-year-old guy that he can read today and may engage him, may excite him in ways that he hasn't been before. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, uh, I mean, the the uh, 260,000 copies is something a literary fiction writer could only dream of in their yeah. wildest dreams. <laughs> and there seems to be a bit of snobbishness about, you know, something being popular and selling a lot as opposed to being art or literature. Uh, but then I think of things like Mouse, you know, which yeah. came out in the early 90s, and suddenly it looked like 
comic books, in quote marks, were really cool and they could be really serious and they could tell different kinds of stories. That's right. And I mean, comic books aren't a genre. They're a medium. This is an entire storytelling medium that some people close themselves off to. It's absolutely bizarre. I think like uh, they they want to appear highbrow and their brows go so high that their <laughs> brains get closed off and it's really tragic. Um, but when I hear people say that they don't read comics. To me, that's like hearing someone saying, oh, I don't watch films or I don't read books. Um, it's the same thing. I, like this isn't not everything is Superman punching a giant robot, although Superman punching a giant robot is always a great time. Um, a lot of it, you know, every single genre is in there. There's romance comics. As you said, you, you said uh, a child was reading Sports manga. You know, I've got a great friend, um, C.S. Picat, who writes a fantastic sports book about fencing, uh, queer boys fencing for America, a I huge love that audience. Book. Yeah. Um, and, you know, every single genre can be seen in comic books. Yeah. Come My eight year old has his eye on the fencing book. Oh, uh, there you go. Come there back go. in a couple of years, yeah. I reckon, but that will be very interesting when you do. Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting, isn't it, that you, you have the ability to get things out. Is, is it easier to get published in graphic novels? Uh, no, I wouldn't say so. I mean, I, I this was always my love. This was always my passion. Um, and I didn't think it was really going to be possible from this country as I was growing. I, I tried very, very hard. I was actually a multi-award winning playwright, ooh-ah, before I was a comic book writer. And one of my plays about a briefcase on Flinders Street Station was adapted into a comic. And that comic about a briefcase on Flinders Street Station got me a job writing Star Wars. Um, so it's, it's, it's difficult to get there. But we have this thing called the internet now, which you may have heard of, um, which does make it easier to get out there. Yep, and uh, we was just talking earlier today about the uh, the future of Australia Post, and people were very, some people were very suspicious of the internet, but it can be an incredible tool, an incredible resource. We're speaking with Tom Taylor, who, as you've been hearing, writes for a whole bunch of very, very cool and interesting places: Star Wars, DC, Marvel. This text came in from Greg in Long Beach in New South Wales. I always thought graphic novels weren't much at all, but then I read in quote marks, Watchmen. Fantastic as not only words, but added depth in the drawings. And I think you've described this as the greatest storytelling medium of all time. I have. Is that I... why? Because you you have both aspects. Yeah, because it's a marriage. It's a whole different way of taking in a story. When you read a comic book, you often don't notice that you're looking at the pictures and that you're reading. It's all just, it comes in. And obviously you're talking about Watchmen uh, by Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons, which is one of the most famous of all time, and I'm fortunate enough to know Dave, and he's not worried about literary things. I mean, he's a he's got himself an honorary doctorate, which is wonderful. Um, but he, you know, he's got a giant movie that came out with Zack Snyder, and he's also responsible for Kingsman, um, a massive franchise, and and he's just a wonderful, down to earth guy and a fantastic, incredible artist um, and a champion of the medium. And so, yeah, look, it's there is there's everything out there. Go into your local comic shop. There are comic shops all across Melbourne, all across Australia, obviously, every state. Um, go in there, find something you love, talk to the people behind the desk. Yeah, I remember when there was one comic yeah. shop in Melbourne <laughs> and it was very intensely patronised. Yep. So, I mean, Spider-Man, Peter Pan, there are a lot of authors over the years who've written their own versions of those stories. Tom, how do you find your place in that kind of giant tapestry? Uh, look, I think when DC or Marvel come to me... The, when that the, happens. When, when DC that happens. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, um, look, it is, they're looking for what I bring to it. They're looking for what my voice, how my voice is slightly different to what's come before. So, you know, recently getting to reimagine Superman. So writing Superman's son, who came out as bisexual um, and coming out day a few years ago, obviously that made global news at the time. Um, but having that opportunity was incredible 
incredibly exciting. You know, I started writing that in 2019 and by October 2020, that's when that moment occurred. And obviously, you know, suddenly we're on SNL and, you know, I'm talking to CNN and BBC and all of that. And But what it meant for a community, seeing that symbol on Superman's chest was huge. And I guess, you know, when DC come to me, they, they often come looking for something a little bit different and you know you want to make a bit of noise you want you want people to pay attention and and that's exactly what's happened with Neverlanders as well well it's interesting because i would have assumed that there might be some restrictions if you're writing for a house than if you're doing your own stuff that they might say look we've got you know conventions about what happens with this character definitely and and we have seen that um, over the years there's there's always been pushback particularly bringing queer characters into this space but comics i feel it changes quicker. It, it moves faster. The people at the top change quicker. Um, the diversity you see in, in editorial, not just in creators, that drives change. And often they're, they're willing to, you know, you come to them with an idea and they go, yeah, let's, let's give it a try. And interesting with DC at the time, um, I spoke to the editor and they said, oh, Tom, with, with Superman's song, with, with, with John Kent, there's been an idea floated at DC. What would you think of? I'm like, I've already got that idea. It's in my pitch. This is great. So we're on the same page before a page had been written. Just finally, Tom, I have to ask, is there like a giant spreadsheet that gives you every character and what's happened to them? Like how on earth do you keep track in a universe? Uh, so you read a lot. You you email the editors and then you also check the DC wiki. So if there's anyone out there who's playing with the DC wiki today, please keep it accurate because it's our greatest resource. <laughs> Big thank you <laughs> thank to you the fans. DC wiki people. Yeah. Tom, it's been fascinating chatting with you today. Thanks for coming into Life Great Matters. Great to chat. Thank you. Tom Taylor is the writer and creator and uh, I guess co-creator of Neverlanders alongside the artist John Somariva and a cast of thousands. That book was recently awarded Book of the Year for Older Readers by the CBCA, the Children's Book Council of Australia. And it's out now and it's great. I loved it. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.